It's a good show. Into the Wild. Not just a movie with a few fantastic, well-managed Los Angeles locations. It's also where we're heading on today's musical journey. Wild. What should be fun and unruly, unrestrained, unregulated. Now it merely stands as a distant reminder to when rock was new and dangerous. When you could take a somewhat interesting song by a New York band called The Wild Ones and garage it up to make this little chart topper from 1965. This is a wild thing by the Trogs, right? That is absolutely right. What's a Trog? Uh, it's a little game you play with some chips. Oh. It went on to be covered by Jimi Hendrix, Sam Kinison, just to name a few. But now it lives in the dusty airwaves of oldie stations and on frat rock comps and the Rhino Selection and Steve's alarmingly massive and growing dining room CD library. I, I do have the frat rock comps. They're great. Steve, yeah. do you have your CD racks earthquake-proofed? No, they're too big. I don't really know how to do it. Mm. Nope. I could come over and help you out. I'm not going to help you clean up after the big one. <laughs> As I, the, he'll, be, he'll be dug out by the paramedics. I, got, I have very good renter's insurance at the moment. Okay. <laughs> Throughout, I got this separate earthquake policy, too, just in case. That's smart. <laughs> does, it, does it cover somebody cleaning up your CDs for you? <laughs> well, there won't have anyone to build. <laughs> There's no next here's of kin. Here's a check for $15 for okay. all your CDs. <laughs> I think the adjuster would come over and see that CD rack and go, like, yeah, I'm not giving you earthquake insurance. Those things are all going to break. It's going to be too much of a hassle to clean up. <laughs> I'm not cleaning it up. You know, throughout the years, rockers have tried to revive the wild spirit, and while some have succeeded in achieving an edge, some have just called themselves the edge and totally missed the irony. Today we're going to look into some of these songs that grasp for greatness and just flat out miss the mark. I wanna, like, how do you miss the mark writing a song about being wild? Because wild shouldn't be that hard. Wild's like our basis state, and even mediocre songwriters could like easily tap into that, right? You would think so. But these are the songs that tried to be wild and just flat out shit the bed. These are wild turds. This is the Beyond Yacht Rock podcast, the classiest podcast on the internet, and the only one that makes up new musical genres every episode and counts them down from 10 to 1. The best songs in that genre that we've created. Gosh, someday I'll get it nice and smooth. Yeah. Speaking of my name is J.D. Riznar. Hi, I'm Hollywood Steve. I'm Dave. Hunter. And speaking of smooth, we're the guys who created the term Yacht Rock, so we like to throw a bone to the Yacht Rock genre every week, and this uh, week is no different. Hunter, what are we listening to here? <clears throat> well, I'm giving uh, those Yatter and Yattas out there a kick in the dick because they didn't get they didn't get to ruin this one for me. We get too many requests, and Hunter's yeah. songs always get taken up by requests. Yeah, this is great. This is great work, Hunter. It gives me hope that there's still some left. <laughs> there's... A, uh, this is uh, Exile. You're good for me. That's right. Exile is now officially on the boat, in my estimation. I guess we didn't, not, we haven't scored it yet, but uh, but I think it goes without saying by listening to this. It's gonna it's pretty safely on the boat yeah. here. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's get through this. Exile. These guys are from Richmond, Kentucky. In 1963, they formed a high school band called the Exiles or Exiles. In 1965, they toured with Dick Clark's Caravan of Stars. Whoa. Were the Trogs on that? Probably. Cool. Uh, yeah, so they you know. stars. Yeah, so you know these guys were uh, real big swigs, you know, 1965, hanging out with Dick Clark and his Caravan of Stars. 
And after they singular, uh, singularized their name, they would eventually hit the charts with the uh, Southern Disco Sleaze song, Kiss You All Over, in 1978, yeah. which was a song written by Chin and Chapman. It didn't come out of their own brains. Who were Chin and Chapman? We've talked about them a lot. They wrote Glam Rock. Okay, I don't have remember. You, we talked about a lot of guys. forgotten episode nine so soon? <laughs> yep. It's neat, it's neat, it's neat, it's neat. I really dig your tiger feet. You know that one? Oh, yeah. They wrote a lot of Glam Rock. They're from, Blitz, from Australia. They wrote a lot of Glam Rock. They also came to the U.S., wrote a lot of stuff. They wrote a lot of stuff with Holly Knight. Susie Quattro, yeah, they, they wrote uh, Pat Benatar's song with Holly Knight, didn't they? Yeah, well, it was, I don't think it was Chin and Chapman at this what point, are, although what, I think somebody stole the... What if their names were Chin and Chaplips? That would be a, yeah. a vivid thing to imagine every time you heard their names together, just like this gross bottom head that's mm-hmm. all crusty. Chaplips? Chin and Chaplips. Yeah. yeah. I've also heard it uh, Chapman and Chin. No, you haven't. I have indeed. Huh. You don't know what I've heard. <laughs> I know what I've heard, and there's been a lot of lies that come out of your mouth. No. <laughs> no. Okay, uh, so with that preamble... They're not lies if I believe them. <laughs> so with that preamble out of the way, Exile's lead singer, the ugly dude with the page boy mullet that frightened women uh, with Kiss You All Over. I just uh, watched that. I just watched him on Midnight Special. That guy looks like a six-foot penis in a Joni Mitchell wig. <laughs> that's, that's how he'd introduce himself, too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, yeah, so he left the band uh, on this. I, I didn't say the year on this. This is uh, this is from the album Don't Leave Me This Way from 1981. And the song is You're Perfect. Good For Me by Exile. Uh, he left the band to probably become a handsome movie star or face model or something. <laughs> and, uh, or a gigantic <laughs> condom demonstrator. <laughs> and so the, uh, so the remaining Exiles said, hey, let's kind of try country. And uh, also, let's make a guy named Les our new singer. Because, you know, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Les. Uh, sometimes they, sometimes less is more. Yeah, exactly. Because they were more with the, uh, with the six foot tall dick guy. Now they're less. Um, so while eventually they got, uh, got to, you know, be in a straight country act, here they were just starting to dip their toe. And what they found was the water was cool and refreshing and very southern yacht. Uh, now, uh, nothing else on the e- album, and I'd wager any other album is full yachty, but this here nails it with the plum. Uh, and why, you ask? Well, it, Why? It, it, well, why, Steve asks? Well, it taint personnel, Steve. These guys, it uh, sure taint. <laughs> these guys were a complete band. Uh, obviously, they were led by Les, but they were a complete band. Um, but you see, it was a young upstart songwriter named Greg Gidry, who wrote this? Uh, Gidry, uh, as we mentioned before, he's, he uh, was in a started in a band with Michael McDonald in high school, and uh, he put out an amazing Southern rock album by the name of Over the Line. Uh, so the guy had chops, and uh, you get and you apparently get these guys on the boat. Apparently, did you say Taint personnel? <laughs> I don't know. I think he heard something. Huh. I think I was a, putting a lot of ideas in my head. Yeah, I got to say though. Great, very well written song, but it's not just the songwriting here. The production is on deck. That's like on fleek, but like with a boat twist, like, like a on deck. deck. Yeah. yeah, I just put that together. Or a six um, foot tall penis. Deke. <laughs> um, that was that singer's name. Deke. Um, so like you can write lyrics and a melody, but that doesn't put you in the recording booth going. Let's get some e-piano and some sweet synth in there. How much can we make this sound like what a fool believes? Who sounds the most like Michael McDonald's and wants to do background vocals? 
That's what's going on here. The beat is shuffling. It's far from straightforward. The song is also very forward-looking. And the, there's like this high-pitched single note synthesizer in the chorus. That thing didn't become chic for years later until like Rick Astley songs in the late 80s. Rick Astley, by the way, another Michael McWonald. So you want to be Michael McDonald. He's a Michael McWonald. Um, well, uh, how many of those have you come up with? The, I'm willing to bet. McDonald's. I'm, I'm will, oh, I thought you meant how many we portmanteaus could, did he come up with? And like probably, most portmanteaus, I was going to say it was the first one. We could probably do a whole ten episode on that. I mean, a lot of songs we covered. Uh, uh, pages, the Pages guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, Greg Gidry. Greg Gidry. Mm-hmm. This is why he gets McGruff the crime he gets dog. Full credit for this. This sounds like a Greg Gidry song. Yeah. Um, who else is a Mc Mc McWan- uh, McWonald? <laughs> um, the uh, Lauren Wood, uh, Lauren Pages, Steal Away. We already said Pages. Well, uh, I wasn't Robbie listening. Dupree. Anyway, fun stuff. Uh, anything else? Oh, should we want to just rate it and get it on the playlist? Yeah, well, you might as well. Uh, Eighty-seven. Wow. Yeah, seventy-six. I'm up. I'm up in the eighties. I'll go. Listen to that. Yeah, I go eighty-two. I'll give it a, I'll give it a Gidry of eighty-six. Yeah, all right. Hey, all right. I think I'm a little low listening to that intro again. I think uh, eighty-one. All right, somebody figure out what that was and yeah. let us know. Hit rewind <laughs> yeah. a couple times. You add those four scores up and you subtract Steve's first score. And then you add his last score, and then you divide it by four. Easy. And, yeah. if, you, and if you have to listen to it twice, you're a dumb dick. And mm-hmm. hopefully the guy who does it has access to our spreadsheet. You yeah. put it in for us. Everybody lot, has access. A lot of rules, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, four score, and uh, uh, yeah, fucking let's start. There we go. <laughs> There's plenty of badass songs out there that make excellent use of the classic rock definition of being wild that are not lame. Wild One by Thin Lizzy is a perfect example. Cool fucking song. It's so haunting. Guys, I'd easily put this in my top 45 or 50 Thin Lizzy songs of all time. Oh, that's high praise coming from you. It's based on wild geese, which is a term used in Irish history to refer to Irish soldiers who left to serve in continental European armies in the 16th, 17th, and 18th centuries. Wild One was the name of the greatest hits album that Thin Lizzy put out in 96, 10 years after Lynette's death. They named the album Wild Wild One and didn't even include the song. These guys couldn't be lame if they tried. So why, what's this have to do with the genre? I honestly right. I think everything you said sounded lame. Let me think. Not the best Thin Lizzy song. It's based on Wild Geese, a, a term of Irish soldiers. It's, uh, it's on an album called, or there's an album called Wild One that the song's not on. That's all lame. Yeah, it but the song. meditative quality. But the song is still fucking cool as shit. And uh, I'll tell you what, you're the we, don't, we don't play enough Thin Lizzy on the podcast. This was brought to my attention on Twitter. This has been brought up. In various conversations I've had with all of you off air. Anyway, I don't care how much thin Lizzie we play. It was in the brought up here. by you, though. Well, yeah, I mean, it's been discussed. That's I mean, my point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you told all of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they're technically they're not in, in the genre, though, right? No, no, and this is the opposite. <laughs> because it's, cause you're going opposite day on the, on the intro songs, right? Exactly. You, know, well, you have to have the example of the proper wild song before you can tear it apart. The shit the bed wild turd. Okay, yeah. so so when you so the next song this should be a, a, this is a, should be a perfect example then of a wild turd. Yeah. Thin Lizzy are very continent sleepers. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, 
Okay. Let's, is wild uh, turd any kind of a play on words, or is it just a poop joke? Well, if you say wild turd keys, then it is a play on words. <laughs> but we didn't say that. Well, no, you can. It, it's not a play on words. It's just these song, uh they try to be wild, but they're turds. Mm-hmm. Listen, this is going to go gangbusters on the old uh, the old internets because people are going to see Wild Turd and they're going to click that a thousand times like all of Dave's other episodes. <laughs> four, four guys and a Wild Turd. Uh, all right, let's... Uh, what, what was I going here? Yeah, all right. This, is, <laughs> this countdown is... Uh, where am I? All about bands that try to be wild and miss the mark. These guys are nailing it. Great song about being wild, but a lot of bands miss the mark and their wild songs are totally lame. Here's a great take on the kind of song that tries to be wild. Oh, nope. <laughs> I changed that line because I changed the uh, the next song. Why don't we just get to the next song? <laughs> speaking of killing Here's it. Here's a good example of, of what this. Yeah, speaking of killing it, my name's Dave. But I rewrote, the, I rewrote that line for you. Nope. <laughs> what are you, what are you reading? Anyway. Here's a great take on the, <laughs> the kind of song that tries to be wild but just drops a turd. But it's not. Yeah. It's just another song that Dave likes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. In no, fact, it's a, no, it's a, it's a take on a song. It's a take on a song. Yeah. That uh, oh. it's trying to be wild. Oh, it's, it's a, not an it's example. Like, it's almost like a parody or a satire of the, exactly. the kind of song we're looking for in the countdown. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, but I do like this one. Uh, these guys are in on the joke. This is the Albrights. They are the sun-loving, wave-riding band that he discovered on a West Coast punk sampler in 1998. You would have caught them on a local stage at the Ventura Date of the Warp Tour while Pennywise was on the main stage. I sure would have. Uh, that's partially <laughs> from their bio. It's made up. It's brand new. It's, uh, well, maybe about a year old. This is a side project at Dave House and one of the guys from Good Riddance. And Steve, this one. Your house? No, a dude named Dave House. He was in The Loved Ones. Come on. Uh, Steve, this one's for you. Uh, the bass player is my buddy Pat, who in this name goes by the name... What's this have to do with the genre? I'm confused. <laughs> goes by the name Pat L. Board. Get it? What? Why? Pat L. Board. Is that for me because I love wordplay, or is it because I love the surf punk lifestyle? No, it's because I haven't brought up my buddies in a long time. Oh, it's your buddy. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, we were on hiatus. Um, the song's called Wild Through the Night. It's a serious attempt at a wild song. If it were, this would be number three. What? I, I, wrote, all this, I wrote all this for you. When are we going to get to the, the fireworks factory? I'll, I'll, read, I'll read this. The song is called <laughs> Why wild. are we talking about this? The song is called Wild for the Night, and we're a serious attempt at a wild song. This would probably be number three on the countdown. Dave had it at number three at one point. Yeah. However, these guys are cracking wise, uh, but they're demonstrating real mastery of the wild turds genre. Exactly. It's a song about a drunk guy in his 30s that's still acting like he's in his early 20s. Also, plenty of great West Coast nods in the lyrics. Did I ruin your 30th birthday in Catalina? Blah, blah, blah. It's catchy as hell. This is a title track from their debut EP, and they just released their second EP, The White Album. <laughs> I, Dave, I would have asked if this if you identified with this song, but you're in your 40s now, so... Yeah, no, I'm way beyond this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so today we're going to listen to these artists that attempted, to, that attempted to be wild but missed the mark. They just flat-out shit the bed. I'd go, on, I'd go on with a longer description, but these episodes are getting to be really fucking long, almost two hours. Frankly, it's unnecessary. Also, yeah. the genre is just really boring songs with the world wild with the word wild in the title. There's no important cultural context or intention. 
It's not hard to explain. It's just fun. And these are all songs that people know for the most part. They, yeah. they, they either know them and know the band and don't care about where they came from. Or they don't care about the song or the band and don't need to know. Yeah, you guys aren't idiots. Let's get into it. Let's get into these wild turds. I think you should have at least called this episode Wild Turdy 101. Noted. Number 10. Let me get it out of the way. I like these bumpers. Oh, this is a great example. Congratulations to me. This may be the first time that Motley Crue started a song with a guitar chord intended to sound like a motorcycle. They'd pull that lame shit again on Kickstart My Heart one album later. All right, I'm calling bullshit on this already. These guys use umlauts. They're wild. They know how to party. Yeah, so does Death Block. I think you have a point. It's a little tired at this point. It was cool when Motorhead did it. Listen. It's always cool. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty much always cool. I dig early Motley Crue, Shout of the Devil, Too Fast for Love. It's great. I admit it, but by the time they got to Girls, 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 the ship had sailed. They were using Harleys as more of a tough guy prop as opposed to cool guy transportation because there isn't enough Aquanet on the Sunset Strip to keep those hairdos in place on a hog. And as a hardcore Vespa rider, I like to wash my hair in the morning and put on my helmet. By the time I get to work, my hair is dry and falls neatly into place. This is pretty hardcore. <laughs> this yeah. is no, pretty no. authentic there. We're yep. on song. You're doing it for the right reasons. Yes. We're on song 10. We're always, this is already a, a Dave agenda driven. All right. He's got something to cut. I, yeah. think, I think this song is a great fit for the, for the wild turd genre. Because it's trying, they're trying way too hard. This song is the equivalent of, say, you traded in your Vespa, Dave, for... Wait, a, what? Say you traded in your, your Vespa for a sweet Harley. I say will it. not. <laughs> what would you imagine? So you'd look pretty sweet. On the surface, mm-hmm. that seems like a very, like, this seems like a very wild song. Like a guy riding a cool motorcycle, like a Harley. Yeah. But then you glue plastic spikes all over your Harley, and then you stick a neon sign on the side that says... I'm a wild, tough, cool dude. Mm-hmm. This song is that. It tries too hard. There's a line. There's a line you have to get across to get from mild to wild. This song goes way too far and crosses that line yes. from wild to lame. You're such a suck up. I'm z- listen. We're on song ten. And you're already sucking up to him. Well, here's a lirk. Yeah, JD is a suck up. <laughs> That's a way to describe JD. Listen, if I did, especially re- on Twitter. If <laughs> if I didn't read the lyrics of this song, I would not be sucking Dave's yeah. dick right now. But this song has lyrics like Yes you would. This song has lyrics like I carry my Yeah, cru- but literally. Listen, oh. I carry my crucifix under my death list. Forward my mail to me in hell. That sounds awesome. No, no, no it's not. I think it goes too far. How many bands no. would have considered the move to hell? Like so carefully and thoroughly that they had their they mail forward. They had to have their mail forward. <laughs> Somebody yeah. who's not that wild. That's an extremely yeah. mild. Yeah, they do. should have had assistance at this point. The lyrics should that be. Stuff. Maybe that's the, where they got the idea from. Listen, send me that. Send me to hell, and I'll rape the devil. That's yeah. wild. Whoa, yeah, that's, that's crazy. They, they, they used to fans. shout at the devil. They were they're into their fan club. They appreciated their fans, and when they went hell, they would right. reply to their here's, letters. Here's, <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. But it's mild. It's it's straightforward, man. No, here's, that's cool. These guys here's might here's another lyric for you. Okay, here's another one. A baby cries. A cop dies. A day's pay on the wild side. <laughs> well, I mean, you th- think about how fucking wild it is that just from a baby crying, who a cop peels over who dead. Who gets paid for that? 
What are you doing here the on cop, the wild the cop side? cop gets paid for dying. This lyric not not only makes no sense. Die. Listen, unless you were a woman that didn't want to catch an STD or the drummer from Hanoi Rocks, you really had nothing to fear from Motley Crue. <laughs> they used to rub burritos on their dicks to hide the smell of other women's sex from their girlfriends. You know, instead of just washing their dicks. <laughs> Wonder what happened to those burritos. They you're, probably kept them in the the the, the, the dick disguise box. <laughs> yeah, do, you they, do you think they bought new burritos or you just kept some old burritos? I'll bet they finished the burritos. Vince, why does your dick feel like another woman's pussy? Well, it's because I rubbed a burrito all over it. Yeah, well, I, I just have an image of like Mick Mars and Tommy Lee double ending a burrito together. <laughs> Because if they can't figure out they could just wash their dicks, they probably couldn't figure out they could take turns with a burrito. <laughs> what do you mean? See, this, this song actually works for me. I'm not just going to change my opinion of it because Dave suddenly said it was lame. I think it works because it's one of the very few examples on record where Mick Mars is actually playing something that sounds halfway difficult. Well, it is a number 10. I will say when you guys read the lyrics, it was pretty lame. So I'll, yeah, no, I'm not defending the lyrics. I'm just saying it sounds kind of badass. Anything else on this one? No, let's move on. <laughs> Bumpers are going to make this episode go long. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Here's some total British bed shittery for you. This is a band called The Vamps, and they got popular by covering songs on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> They're compared to One Direction and open for Demi Lovato and McFly. I tell you more, but I only read the first paragraph of the Wikipedia page. Now, my wife is kind of an expert on newer British pop bands, and this is an actual text that she said when I said, are you familiar with the Vamps? She said, ha ha, yeah, they're a young boy band type, pop slash rock band. So wait, how did you find them? Uh, I was looking for songs with Wild in the title on uh, so Spotify. Type Wild into Spotify. And Wikipedia and, you know, like uh, song facts. and That's, that's I, my I, kind of research. Google what songs have Wild in the title. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Steve, research. I, I should have read, read. You're right. I should be researching my stuff a lot more. You're, you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. I should have I read all your paragraphs because I did ask later, did your wife make you listen to this song? <laughs> Uh, here's some, some more info about vamps because the song sucks and I don't want to talk about it. A vamp is defined as a, passion, a passage of instrumental music of fixed length, usually pretty short, which can be played as many times as needed to create time for some purpose. I don't think this is how they got their name because I hear no purpose. <laughs> the vamping is not the purpose, by the way. Yeah. The vamp is the is the nothingness. Yeah, that leads up to the purpose. Which the sax player gets to go and mm -hmm. take a shit. Yeah. JD, this seems like a song you might defend. Do you like this these well, guys? I'll, I'll tell you something. <laughs> With a sweet name like the Vamps, like for a band that sounds like this, it's kind of I think that's a wild turd of a band name. Because they're bamboozling us like Molly Hatchet covers. <laughs> you expect them like, oh, we're the vamps. You expect them to be sweet and dark. Uh, the vamps, oh. But then it's just like emo banjo. Mm -hmm. There's banjo in this song. Yeah. That's well, like, what's that other British band that has 
Mumford and Sons? Yeah. Yeah, well, you'd realize that Beers they sound like, like old-time cobblers. You, you expect yeah. a banjo in that. Well, it's interesting that you say cobblers, because here's another definition of vamp. It's uh, the upper part of uh, the boot, like the uh, covering especially the fore part of the foot, basically the top front of your shoe. To use in a sentence, that super hot babe in those clown shoes has a pair of extraordinarily large vamps. Hmm. There you go. You make a lot of good points on this song. Vamps. Um, I'll go with it. This is number nine for a reason next to Motley Crue. I'll tell you something. Perfect so. sense. I looked up some lyrics to this song. This is a great wild turd. Wild Heart, it's called. Wild Heart. Yeah. Tonight we'll dance. I'll be yours. You'll be mine. We won't look back. Take my hand and we will shine. Oh, oh, she needs a wild heart. I got a wild heart. That's just two people on a date. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I got a wild heart. I drive Wait, away. is he going to donate his heart? <laughs> Maybe. Like, like that Christian she Slater needs movie one where you get that one. Re- Raboon Heart. Return yeah. to me. Um, I think for his generation, having face-to-face contact with the Wait, person, you talking about wild. you talking about cuffs? <laughs> you talking about the movie Cuffs? No, uh, Baboon Heart. Uh, oh. I forgot what it's called. Um, it's cuffs. More lyrics. I was walking away, but she's so beautiful it made me stay. I don't know her name, but I'm hoping she might feel the same. So here I go again. She got my heart again. Whoa! Lock, oh, lock this fucker up. He's gonna murder our kids. He's like a shaved gorilla escaped from the, a poacher's jeep. Wild. Do poachers shave the gorillas? This yeah, one did I ever, to be shaved because did I ever look, tell you, you look at him? He's a he, he looks like a human. Did I ever tell you about my uh, renting a, an orangutan idea? I call Maybe. it your orangutan. <laughs> where step one, you pick out your orangutan. Step two, you pick out your stylist. <laughs> and then, you know, you can shave an orangutan and just, like, leave it with, a like, a shemp haircut. It's a great way to get a yeah. free meal at IHOP. Yeah, well, what, he's, like, he's my or, son. Or... or Take the uh, take the, uh, the the fast lane on the highway. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, the only rule is whatever you do to our orangutan while you have it out, we will do that to you when it comes back. So if the, if the monkey comes back with a cigarette burn, we're putting one out at you. Monkey comes back with a tattoo. You're getting a tattoo, and it's going to be done by someone who is not a professional. What if you blow that monkey? Well, <laughs> that's, that's that's the only. Now here's here's you just if you have to show the monkey a good time. If the monkey comes back in peril, and I can't take all the credit for this, Dave James and Ted Watson, help me out with this. You buddies, yeah, you blow the monkey. That's out. that's the loophole they don't advertise. That'll make the business a smashing success. Mm-hmm. You bring oh, yeah. that we home, don't, you Dave. Don't, Dave you don't put, mouth. Yeah, there's a secret menu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, your orangutan, wild turds. <laughs> nice portmanteau there, Dave. Yeah, it wasn't mine. Um, anything else? <laughs> no, let's no, stop listening let's move to this. on. Let's get to a good song. Number eight. Uh, <laughs> Finally. Oh, dear God. <laughs> huh. We all remember this piece of garbage. Oh, this is Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch with Wild Side. To the Wild Side. There it is. <laughs> Originally, this was written and recorded by Mick Spice, <laughs> 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 a.k.a. Amir Qadir Shakir. 
MC Spice. Shut up. And used for the Boston radio station WILD. Get it? He's from Boston, Steve. It's McSpice. WILD. No, you're right. Yeah, if it's Boston, he is Mick. Marky Mark begged him for two years to allow him to record this song, and finally MC allowed it. But it's pronounced Mick. No, because it's Irish. I fucked up my own joke. So Marky Mark, he's a big conservative now, isn't he? Oh, yeah. I'd love for a conservative America to hear the way that he scoffs. America the Beautiful <laughs> at the beginning of this. It's the kind of thing that a conservative blogger would hold over his head for eternity. Mm-hmm. Pull it out of there, kick him out of the next Transformer movie. Well, Marky was one of the original members of the New Kids on the Block, but uh, dropped out at the age of 13 to become an unbelievably violent racist. You're going to want to look this one up. It's pretty incredible. He served jail time and has a permanent felony on his record. Oh, I looked it up. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's quite believable, I'd say. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Uh, a few years ago, he applied for a pardon from the state of Massachusetts for this yeah. crime. Um, so here's the description of the incident in his own words in the letter he wrote to the, the, the governor or whoever pardons him. Uh, I attempted to steal two cases of alcohol from a man who was standing outside of a convenience store, which was not far from my family home. I hit the man on the head with a wooden stick that I was carrying, and then I ran down the block in order to avoid law enforcement. While attempting to avoid the police, I punched a man in the face. I was detained by police a few minutes after that. Yeah, that's his side. Yeah. What he fails to mention is that both men were Asian, and he used racial slurs while he was attacking them. He also fails to mention that he'd been arrested before for attacking black boys and other Asians. Here's an account of him attacking three black children, one of whom was 12. Mark Wahlberg and another white male began to follow them on bicycles. One of the defendants said to the victims, We don't like black ends. By the way, he's racists are so stupid. Black ends. Yeah, yeah. He's not. He's not saying Nickelback, folks. Yeah. In the in the, uh, we don't like you people in the area. So get the uh, fuck away from the area. The group of white males then chased the victims using their mopeds. This seems like the story that liberal bloggers would would use to keep him off the next Transformers movie. <laughs> no, but there's no liberal bloggers. Um, then they throw rocks at these kids and they call them the N-word some more. Kind of sounds like a verse from the wild side. No. Uh, also, uh, the dude he punched lost an eye. It's unclear if he'd already lost the eye or it was because of the punch. Yeah, as, as his account went on, it was like, I was very intoxicated and I understand that I injured the two men quite badly. Yeah. It's like, Listen, guys. I, I later wanted to go and apologize to him. And then a little later, it's like, I finally went and apologized to him. <laughs> Listen, that was like two years later. Listen, there's no right path to becoming the greatest actor of yours and ours and anyone's generation. You're right. Everybody has their own story. Um, his request for a pardon um, for such terrible crimes was met with a huge backlash. Uh, and he dropped the, re- the pardon request in shame. Totally embarrassed that he even asked. Uh, but you got to admit, that kid had a wild heart. Not the vamps kid. Kind of makes me... But that kind of makes me glad that so many of these songs missed the mark. Yeah. People get wild so badly. Yeah. They miss the mark. Well, mark? Yeah. <laughs> you know, later, he would go on to finger bang Alicia Silverstone on a roller coaster in the movie Fear, 
which thrust his career into the big time. Then he executive produced Entourage, which gave the Ed Hardy crowd something to watch on Sunday nights for eight seasons. Listen, we needed something to do once Artless went off the air. Oh, my God. Has Robert Wool ever made a misstep? No. My God, remember him at Batman? So funny. The song, however, is pretty damn dumb, but I do love the irony of a guy who once called a member of Madonna's Entourage a homo. Singing a song that samples a true wild classic, Lou Reed's Wild Side, which of course is about the wild side. You know what I mean, Steve. Glad you got your. Which of course is about male prostitution. Look at you grinning over there. Uh, Which of course is about male prostitution, transgendered people, and oral sex. Although I will point out that Lou Reed does use the pejorative colored girls, so maybe that struck a chord with Mark. I love this woke Dave. (laughs) Woke Dave loves you, Hunter. Was Colored Girls pejorative back then? I mean, nobody 72? would say it now unless you're saying the full name of the NAACP, but, you well, know, maybe that's... my grandmother used it into the 80s. Listen, maybe Steve, not, knock maybe it off. He's woke. Maybe that's progressive by Marky Mark standards. He's I don't woke. Know. <laughs> it's pejorative. Ugh, fucking Marky Mark. Eat a dick. Don't gay shame Marky Mark. <laughs> Pumper has a little Africadabra to it. Number seven. He went to Africa and was inspired? Yeah. <laughs> My genres make sense! They got, they got wild in the title. Yeah. And right. boys, they should be the wildest of them all. I like Duran Duran as much as the next guy, but this sounds like a song you should do calisthenics to. It's not that great and certainly not that wild. It was the second Duran Duran song produced by Nile Rodgers, his first being The Reflex. And in my opinion, this is a shittier version of that very song. It's a shame because it was supposed to be a modern concept soundtrack for a film based on The Wild Boys, A Book of the Dead by William S. Burroughs. It did turn into a pretty popular song, but to me it's about as wild as a wet fart. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Disrespect Duran Duran all you want, sir. But do not talk bad about wet farts. Listen, That's Hunter. That's too far. <laughs> Hear me out. Wild farts may be wild to you. Wild but farts? in my world, pretty common. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know if this song is a good, is a good wild <laughs> turd. Because listen to these lyrics. Wild boys fallen far from glory, reckless and so hungered. On the riser's edge you trail because there's murder by the roadside. That sounds wild. That sounds badass. He's turned on you. It's crazy poetry. I don't, sure, this guy doesn't sound wild when he's singing because he's singing too high. Yeah, and they're all rich. Yeah, that I, too. I have a question. Are there any Duran Duran songs that make sense? Rio. It is a place. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. just it's a lady. Yeah, she dances mm-hmm. on the sand just yeah. like the river dances through the Rio Grande. Dusty land. Dusty land. Cause mm-hmm. they're bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You kind of, you, you really, no offense, guys, but you kind of had to live it. <laughs> uh, here's a fun fact: Nick Rhodes from Duran Duran, real name is Nick Bates. He's the super rich only child of the owners of a chain of British toy stores. I remember hearing a story about the yacht from the music video Rio was actually his parents' yacht, but I remember hearing a lot of stories that are flat out wrong. <laughs> the fun fact is that as a rich kid, he was tired of being called Master Bates by the house staff, so he changed his last name to Rhodes. This is the same joke that got an awful lot of mileage in the movie The Toy. It's a good movie. Yeah. Here's another fun fact. 
Greg Proops uses the song to introduce a news story about wild boars on his podcast. <laughs> wild boars! Like, intentionally mishearing it. Smartest man in the world is his podcast. You see that? The song is a punchline. Right, I'm sure it's a comment on the song's quality and not a pun on the title. The point is it's a it's a punchline. They can't even pronounce boys very well. Did you hear that? Sounds like boars. Yeah. Boy, you're Greg your Greg Proops is spot on. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Man. Well, that's all we had on that song. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say one more thing. You want to say it? Yeah, well, yeah. I'll say it in a second. Number six. I'm, not, I'm a little disappointed in old Dave, but woke Dave, you know, he skipped the opportunity to talk about how the kid from the toy became a porn, porn star. Old Dave would have jumped all over that after yeah. that, after that toy. Yeah, I saw that porn. It was not good. Uh, Schwartz from um, Christmas Story. Yeah, he actually, in that porno, he wore his outfit from the toy. Like the little, yeah. There's the old Dave. Not good. <laughs> was not good. We watched it because we thought it'd be funny, and everybody was just like, oh, oh boy. Okay. We're at what? Number, number six? Is that what we are? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Here's a Clash song you've never heard before. You know why? Because it's on the very last Clash album, Cut the Crap, and it's awful. It's widely considered to be the fault of a man named Bernie Rhodes, no relation to Nick from Duran Duran. Yeah, is the, the only similarity to that Bernie is that he went out of his way to be called Master Bates. <laughs> Bernie was a staple of the London punk scene and not only introduced Mick Jones and Paul Simon into Joe Strummer, he's the guy that brought John Lydon into audition for the Sex Pistols. He also had a rehearsal studio at the Camden Markets. The Clash rehearsed there and took the famous photograph from the first album cover on the steps outside the studio. Fun fact, I walked up those steps with three friends and I didn't stop to recreate the photo because I didn't realize that was the location until a full year later. It's too bad there was no uh, location manager around to let you know. I specialize in the West Coast, Hunter. Nah. <laughs> here's, here's what's wrong with this song and ultimately this album. Mick Jones and Paul Simon and got shit-canned from the band at this point. While there were plenty of competent drummers around, including Bernie himself, he decided to use a drum machine. And without Mick's lyrics, he was forced to just piece together what little Joe had come up with. Not little Joe. What little <laughs> lyrics Joe had come up with. He also remixed everything and added what he called football chants. He called them those? He called them football chants. Yeah, I guess to make genius. what became the most critically panned Clash album and the only one that was disowned by Joe Strummer. There's an interview with Joe Strummer where he's like, I just went off to, to Nepal and cried under a palm tree, even though there's no palm trees in Nepal. Well, maybe if Joe Strummer had changed his name to Stowe Drummer, this band, this, the album would have been better because they would have had a drummer. <laughs> Stowe Drummer. Wait. J.D., that was beautiful. Thank you very much. Yeah, who's sucking up now, Hunter? You. Um, oh, sorry. oh, wait, hold on. There's, there's something here with this song. Like, you hear, like, a little bit of the heart of the clash, but it's just off. What year is this? This is 85, 84, 85. This was after Combat Rock. Yeah. Now, this did have the uh, song This Is England on the album, which most people say is the last great clash song. 
Any, anything else on this one, boys? No? You guys don't want to talk about The Clash? Just me? I was hoping I get something out of Steve on that. I just, I've never heard anything off of Cut the Crap because nothing You've about heard... it ever suggested that I should listen to it. You've heard This Is England, haven't you? Probably. Yeah, I'll send it to you. I think you'd dig it. It's a good song. It's about England. Yeah. Oh, I like England. I had to I had to get something from the last action hero soundtrack into this segment while we're still doing it. It's a lot of good potential choices. It's a fucking good soundtrack. The ACDC song is good, the Alice in Chains stuff is good, the Megadeth song is good, but I've already done a Megadeth soundtrack song you, before. Yeah, that's... So I went with Def Leppard two steps behind the power ballad of the group. Yeah. I feel like Steve holds no affinity for this movie because he chose this uh, for the to exemplify what Last Action Hero was, man. And, uh... No, I didn't choose it to exemplify it. I just wanted to do a Def Leppard power ballad. I gotcha. I mean, you had the opportunity to really... I mean, obviously, there's a big gun, but... But I would say number two is Tesla's... They got the titular song, Tesla, in 1993. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Last Action Hero! That was last, last action hero. Here he comes and here he goes. Nobody respects him. He's the last action hero. And the last action hero said long-haired action heroes need not apply. So Thor walked out the door and then he cried and cried and cried. Steve, I got to tell you, I appreciate your approach to this. Uh, just wanting to hear a specific song and working it in. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying I ever do that. But I have told you guys that we should listen to Thin Lizzy more. This is a good song, It's, it's been brought up. Yeah, it, it's been discussed. <laughs> Uh, so this song was written in 1989 by Joe Elliott, but it was left off of Adrenalize. I guess they needed more room for mediocre crap on that album. This wasn't actually recorded until 1992 when the MTV Unplugged trend was starting to take off and Guns N' Roses had paved the way for this sort of thing with Patience and they'd inspired a few copycats already. This was initially released as a B-side until the Last Action Hero soundtrack producers asked Def Leppard for some material while they were on tour and couldn't really do anything else. So they sent this instead, and then uh, orchestra conductor extraordinaire Michael Kamen, who did all the fucking rock gigs back then, uh, overdubbed an orchestral string section, and it was a hit. This was their very last big hit in America, it made number 12 in 1993 when alternative rock was taking over the mainstream and increasingly few people wanted to hear power ballads of any sort, isn't let it, alone ones by veteran hair metal bands. Isn't it crazy that The Last Action Hero birthed a last power ballad? Yeah, it kind of did. Which would be another great movie title. Yeah, Last Power Ballad. Ooh. Ooh. Last Power Ballad. Hey, Nick, a Riot Rock review. Trademark that one. Uh, <laughs> hey, I want to I tell a Def Leppard story real quick if I can. It's quick. Go for it. It's quick. 
Uh, I was sitting in a golf cart in Warner Brothers' back lot going from point A to point B. doesn't matter where. Um, your buddy Warner Brothers. To Tom Cruise, from Tom Cruise's trailer to Jessica so, Chastain's trailer. Who's Jessica? Anyway, uh, I'm sitting there with somebody I work with. Woke and but no. leaning up against a stage, which was the Conan O'Brien stage, uh, there was a dude, dude standing there, long hair, Def Leppard t-shirt, one arm... <laughs> <laughs> and twirling a drumstick. <laughs> and I said to the person on the seat next to me, think that guy's in Def Leppard? <laughs> and the person next to me said, huh? That was it. Was that, was, that person was, was it, Tom was, Hanks. Was that guy, was that, did that guy not know who Def Leppard was? Or was he making had no a idea what I had no idea what I was oh, talking so about. So he wasn't making a deaf joke. Yeah, but that guy... One of the best lead men in the business when it comes to uh, set decoration. Your buddy. That one's for you, Bob. You're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and you wear too much cologne. Um, are we still talking about this? Yeah, let's get back to this uh, <laughs> wonderful power ballad. Now, speaking as a connoisseur of power ballads, which I know some of you are as well, uh, I have to say, most bands really only have one, maybe two good ones. This is interesting. Def, Def Leppard has at least four or five that are at worst decent and may go up to great. That's very, very difficult. It's really hard to pull this sort of thing off consistently. I gotta say, though, is Joe Elliott? Terrible lyricist. Def Leppard lyrics are horrible. It, they might have got, actually gotten famous if they had slightly better lyrics. Yeah, it's a good maybe, point. Maybe good they point. found somebody named Yo. Steve, <laughs> let me. I was. I started thinking about this when when you wrote it, and the only other band I can think of that has just a glut of power ballads uh-huh. is Aerosmith, and they're all fucking the same song. They're all written by Diane Warren. Yeah, yeah they're all Diane Warren. Yeah, crazy, stupid, amazing, or whatever. Yeah, I, the only I, the only I mean Aerosmith. You know, you talk about Dream On, which I'm not sure is a power ballad. They brought it back for the power ballad era when they came back. They, you know, they they did that one all over the damn place. But the only, like, modern-day power ballad of Aerosmith I can think of that I actually like is Angel. And that was a Desmond Child one, not a Diane Warren one. Well, we know who the superior writer is. Yes, we do. Uh, when are we going to get to the fireworks factory? Who's sucking up now, Hunter? <laughs> Uh, I never saw the movie Last Action Hero. Some people consider it a cult classic, but commercially, it was Arnold Schwarzenegger's biggest flop outside of being governor of California. Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) But she never would have been if Enron hadn't destroyed the California energy market by intentionally creating power shortages, which led to the recall of Governor Gray Davis. Anyway, the album did much better. It was a top ten hit and according to Wikipedia, was positively received by active rock radio outlets. Okay, a couple things. One, Last Action Hero is a great movie. It's a fantastic movie. And the public is always wrong. I'm glad you say that because I remember seeing it in the theater and I remember just fucking loving it as a, yeah, as so a young boy. It's and an then, amazing movie. Then I heard everybody say it was the worst movie ever and I felt stupid. Yeah, you know those people? They didn't see the fucking movie. And you want to know, one of, here's one of the reasons why they didn't see the movie, even though it was a quote-unquote success. It was partially was because of the soundtrack. It actually, I think that it actually hurt the, the movie. It was 1993. Grunge was king. And, you have, and you're, playing, <laughs> you're playing a power ballad by, the, by, by these assholes, by Def Leppard. 
so think about trying to sell this movie to like teenagers or like 12 year olds or something and all of a sudden ACDC gets up there with Arnold Schwarzenegger who most people that age are like like they didn't really I guess Terminator oh it's the, the guy from Twins <laughs> the guy from Kindergarten Cop I mean it almost turned me off of seeing this movie because I remember because I wasn't into Megadeth and and yes they did jam what? Do, you do, pointed at me. I did. Do you remember the movie we worked on at Christmas Too Many? Yes. That was filled with, like, the who's who of who gives a shit? Yes. Like, Gary Coleman was in it, Mickey yes. Rooney was yes, in it, yes. Lee. Uh, yes, all these people. The kid that was in it yes. was the kid from The Last Action Hero. And you brought me on the set, and I was really excited yeah. because I loved that movie. Also, he was signing posters for The Last Action Hero at lunch from, like, other crew members. Also... The night I met Steve Percaro, like when Yacht Rock just came just came out, uh-huh. was my first and only fancy uh, Hollywood party in the Hollywood Hills with a Hollywood producer. And so I looked him up, and what I, movie did he produce? I guess he had a lot of other credits, but the only one I saw was Last Action Hero. And, I get, and the first thing I did when I met him was listen. I'm sorry. I looked up your IMDb because I wanted to know who I was going to meet, and I just want you to know. Last Action Hero was great. I don't care what anybody like. This is what I usually do. I usually, I usually applaud people's me- mediocrity because they should know. <laughs> they should know the public was fucking wrong. I was part of that public. I almost didn't go see this movie because it didn't have some sweet fucking grunge in it. It had Megadeth, which I liked the song. Yeah, the ACDC, which I liked the song. It just wasn't like super cool. It had Def Leppard on it. You, you spent that entire party telling people who thought their work was crap that you love it. Steve Picaro, too. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> do you hate us? No. In fact, I love Hydra. Right? That's what your conversation with Picaro oh, I probably, No, yeah. I wish I would have yeah. told him oh. that. Hey, that, that, that curly-haired guy in the corner is either really sarcastic or might be on some sort of spectrum. <laughs> probably. I did look. I did. I did still look homeless. Great jacket, though. You had a great jacket on. Um, but yeah, no. That guy said thank you, but I don't think he likes to talk about that. He's the producer. I didn't yeah. think he liked to talk about that. He's the producer of Last Action Hero. Nobody fucking got it. It's an amazing movie. Movie. You should see it if you haven't. Hunter, you see my fucking pool out there? You see my fucking? It'd be twice as big if it weren't for that fucking Last yeah. Action Hero movie. I only. There's only one fucking pool. I only got one fucking pool. So you could take liking that movie and shove it up your ears. I'd have. I'd have an above ground pool with a waterfall in my in ground pool uh-huh. if it weren't for that movie. Yeah, but he Two still fucking made. Pools. He still made Last Action Hero, and it's a fucking awesome movie. Multiple pools. I don't care about his pools, and you know what, Steve Carroll? We do love you. Yeah. My we God. We weren't making fun of you. We love you. Uh, Steve Lukather's book is out. Oh, Steve Lukather's book oh. is out. Yeah, anyway, plug hole's coming up. Anyway, Steve. We're still I talking want, about I just, this. One question. Did, did any of you guys live out here for the recall election? Did any of you vote yes. on it? Yes. I voted no. We all did. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I, I, did, I couldn't vote in it because I was still registered in Michigan because okay. there was a presidential election and I wanted my vote to... I voted no, and I voted for Cruz Bustamante, the the serious Democratic okay. candidate. I voted no, and I voted for Gary Coleman. Oh, I, from the I, movie I, A Christmas Too Many. I definitely I, voted no. I thought no. the whole thing was a fucking joke, and it was stupid. You know why they... I saw, I read further in the U.S., I don't know why people voted for him, Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I'll tell you one of the reasons why people did. Recognition? Is because... Um, so there's a lot of state 
there's a lot of state schools, right? Uh-huh. They, the governor signs their, their diplomas. No. So oh. they want a diploma signed by Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep. It's true. I, I, I couldn't figure out why so many people love the idea of him being governor. Like, do they you, just think it's You know it's a funny? machine that signs it. Yeah, but his name was on it and his signature. People thought that was fucking it's cool. pretty cool. You pay a lot of money for college. You want a nice trinket. The Terminator fucking signs your... I don't even know where my diploma diploma. is. (laughs) Maybe maybe in a drawer at my mom's house. Mine is still in the envelope it was sent to me in. It's at the bottom of my desk drawer, I think. You know what? I think I framed it and gave it to my parents. It was like, here's your however many thousands of dollars. (laughs) That's That's what I did, too. I took a picture with it like this. And then I handed it to my mom and said, this is yours. I don't want it. Yeah, you you bought it. But can I tell you where all the friends I made in college are? Spread out all over the country and living in my heart. Hmm. You know where all the friends I made, uh, all my college friends are? Staring your ass down (laughs) from around this table. What the fuck? What else do we have to say about this song? I'm having a lovely conversation with you guys. Yeah, this this is uh, nice. How we do it on time? White guy college talk. It's uh, about music. This is the longest I've ever listened to Def Leppard. This is the third time through the song. Oh, you're missing out, 12 man. 12 minutes of this song. Look, well, we were talking about Last Action Heroes. Great move. Yeah. Uh, all done? Public yeah. fucking sucks. Yeah, let's finish, let's finish up right when the song goes. Hold on a second. Well, we talk about college for a little bit more because i got to get the plug hole bumpers. <laughs> I'm not talking about college anymore. College, uh, uh, it was great. Best eight years of my life. <laughs> Listen. Actually, not the best plug eight hole. years of my life. Just plug pretty hole. good. Plug hole. Plug hole. Um... Glad to do that sound check with you guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're you supposed have... to stop. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I'm, I was waiting for the music. I thought we yeah, were I'm just not, doing I'm not for, we, 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 we did okay. acapella. Here, I'm plugging. Uh, well, I'm exhausted. I think we all are. We've been all been very busy. Um, so I'd like to plug some uppers uh, in my butt, I guess. I don't use them, but thanks for being there. Yeah. Uppers. Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, I've taken Adderall two days in a row, and I've not gotten anything more done than I normally would have. Hmm. Uh, just It's just been harder to fall asleep. You look good. You look like you're kind of glowing, but it might be because it's hot in here. I mean, I, f- I feel really good all day. You know yeah. what I read about Adderall? Hmm. It doesn't it doesn't help you like do any more work. Mm-hmm. It just makes you more confident. Yeah, it kind that's, of. That's all it does. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, that's maybe what, I should try that. That's what it does. I don't, that's, I, don't, that's, I don't need that. That's important. I mean, it's speed, so it gives you yeah. a little more energy. Um, but. but anyway, so my, I guess my plug is also for Adderall. Don't do it. So I guess it's okay. the same plug as you. It's here. for confidence. Uh, bumpers today sent in by Arsonist Reunion. The Arsonist writes, I'm a huge fan of the internet show slash podcast and appreciate the in-depth discussions on music genres and general ball busting. Uh, this reminds me of my far-flung buddies across the United States and makes me long for their camaraderie. Anyway. Oh, so now J.D. was sucking up to this with his little college thing. I guess so. Hmm. Uh, yeah, well, his name is Arsonist uh, Reunion, which is which is terrible to say here in California. We're dealing with that. Or Michigan but, State. We had a lot of riots. Anyway, he writes... I'm now a closet musician, has been, and re- and record music is my in, and record music in my spare time. <laughs> Back in the day, I was in a band named Few Left Standing. Few Left Standing signed to Solid State Records, Tooth and Nail Records. Now well, isn't I re- that the Christian punk label? Maybe. Yeah, it was. N- now I record on my own under the name Arsonist Reunion. You can find my stuff on Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for what you guys do, and I hope you enjoy the bumpers. And his- you know what? Oh, people always thank us for what we do, but they never describe what we do. 
I would like to hear somebody <laughs> tell us exactly what we do. I Instead don't. Of just saying thank you, Hunter. I would not subscribe to that podcast. Uh, this guy. What do you mean? People describing what we do. Well, this guy's real name is, is Jason Lancaster. He's from Conway, Arkansas. Uh, he might be our only fan in Arkansas. You know, if you're a fan in Arkansas or in regular Arkansas, that other state, please let us know. Fun fact about Conway, Arkansas. <laughs> it's, near, it's near a town called Twitty, Arkansas, and it's where Conway Twitty took his stage oh, name Oh, that from. is a fun oh, fact. That is a fun yeah. fact. Super we fun. finally got one uh, after yeah. saying it hey, all I these got, years. I got some real stuff to and plug. What if reunion knew that? Yes, Dave. Uh, no. not, not the uppers. And I'm not to take anything away from uh, Conway James. Continue. Uh, I produced a show called Art Prison. Uh, you can find it on Adult Swim. It was a pilot. It didn't go to series. They presented it as a one-off. Uh, but you can go to adultswim.com and watch it. It's kind of funny. Killer performance by LeJean Stewart. Yeah. Yeah, he did a good job. Uh, also, I plugged this a couple weeks ago that I did a podcast with the uh, uh, John Jughead Pearson from Screeching Weasel. Well, it just came out. So now you can listen to it, and I listen to it, and it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. You learned a lot about yourself. I did, you? I did. It's very honest. Okay, apparently, you were very tipsy on alcohol, which is no, no, no I wasn't. A truth serum. I wasn't. I wasn't tipsy. I'd had one like really big cider. Well, what I'm trying to do is get people compelled to go listen to it. You oh, I see what you're off doing. Your ass and, oh and my God, I was so drunk and diarrhea been, of truth. I yeah, and we were doing it's like lewds. Quincy Jones esque, man. Yeah, and there was some some buzz bombs and some red devils. It was perfect. Oh, it was now great. it sounds interesting. Yeah, uppers. All right, go to yachtrock.com, buy some T-shirts. I'm going to put some pre-orders up because we're out of our most popular flavor, men's large. I didn't say the name of the podcast. <sighs> what is it? Jughead's Basement. Go subscribe at Jughead's Basement. Um, you, get, you go on our merch site, you get cocoa face buttons, jean meat buttons, stylish record totes. Listen, I owe some of you some merch. I got some outstanding orders. I'll get them to you. It's not a smooth machine. Uh, and for goodness sake, listen, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. We always say it helps the podcast grow, blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. I like the praise. And I got to be honest, I've had a tough year. And a good five-star review takes, a, takes away a pinch of my pain. Mm -hmm. Hi folks, Bruso the Produso here Here to talk about keeps for keeping your hair Now if you're anything like me, you got a decent set of hair Wavy, Hollywood Steve-esque Maybe if you're like me, you're worried that one day you're going to look like that JD guy Just completely clean on top Well, that's why we have keeps there are only two clinically proven medications that let you keep your hair. You get it. And now they're inexpensive and easy to get. Sign up takes less than five minutes. Just answer a few questions, snap a couple pictures of your head, and they're going to have a licensed doctor remotely review your information, recommend the right treatment for you. You won't even have to leave your couch, considering, or, you know, desk chair or hacienda, wherever you do your business. What Keeps does is they offer the generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there, but they're cheaper, and now they're easier to get. Keeps is only $10 to $35 a month, plus now you get your first month free. Yes, it really works, and yes, it's completely safe. And there's no reason to put this off any longer. You can stop your hair loss today, the easy way, with Keeps. To receive your first month of treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash yachtrock. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Yacht Rock. 
That's a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash yacht rock. Keeps. Air today, air tomorrow. Back to the countdown? Yeah. Yeah, and Dave, uh, why don't you speed this up? We we're at an hour now. Sorry. Sorry. This the, the part that wasn't mine. Dave, this is really unnecessary. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Twelve minutes on the last action. <laughs> we were no, twenty. We were, at, we were at 40. We were at 40. We now we're at 60. Five. Hurry up, Dave. Yeah. What's that you say? Van Morrison is a little too kicking for you? A little too hotsy-totsy? Well, you're in luck because this version is by an Indiana country boy, and he's here to water it down. You know, I feel like Dave's missing half this song, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure. Yeah, Continue, Dave. I don't want to take anything away from a couple of fellas that go out to a French restaurant to share a bottle or two of rosé, then head over to an Echo Park venue to see a friend's record release show, and then switch over to Hard Ciders. But this song is too lame even for those guys. Oh, the old French mistake I hear. And one of them had to pick up his Vespa the next day. Yep, that's that's it. <laughs> uh, Jay, do you like this song? Seems like it'd be up there, uh, Alex. Dave may not want to hear hear what I have to say, but you know, you got Mellencamp covering Van Morrison in a duet with a cover your ears, Dave. A black female bass player. What's not to like about this song? She's the best part of the song. Who? You didn't really mention her in what in what you wrote. Continue. Yeah. Oh, where am where'd I go? You oh, yeah, you probably remember this guy as Johnny Cougar, but his real name is John Mellencamp. Not to be conf- a weird name. Yeah, not to be confused with the San Diego punk band John Cougar Concentration Camp. He's a musician. Oh, yeah, I, I confuse that all. He's time. a musician from Indiana that is actually a breath of left-leaning fresh air, and a state that seems to like Mike Pets. They, they didn't like him that. Like, the only reason he took that vice presidential slot is that he was so fucking nuts, he wasn't even going to get reelected in Indiana. And Putin told Trump to take him. That, too. <laughs> anyway, um, there's very little dispute about that. Manafort picked him. Um, it, was a good, it was a smart pick. Yeah, yeah. very smart. Unlike Tim Kaine. <laughs> <I really laughs> yeah, it was the worst Trump possible pick. Uh, <laughs> the harmonica I'm playing white guy. <laughs> That'll get everybody excited. I'm sorry. Uh, I know you guys are itching at the bit. Chomping at the bit. What? Uh, this is a song from that uh, I used to be really cool genre that I've kind of been playing around with. It seems this guy's getting ready to go out on the town is trying to remember what it was like to have a wild night. He sees guys dancing the boogie woogie and girls all dressed up. Oh, is that an actual dance, lyric? Dancing yeah. the boogie woogie. Well, that's what they, yeah. they call it, right? Dancing pretty, the hey, boogie woogie. Hey, hey, Steve, it's pretty wild stuff. Mellencamp tried to give it a little edge by remaking the video of the song about a female taxi driver. A hot female taxi driver. Yeah, she's very attractive. Uh, she has an array of crazy passengers that have uh, about a third of the depth of the characters in a David Lee Roth video, but aren't nearly as offensive. <laughs> she drives around, Mellencamp plays, the video ends with her driving across a 6th Street bridge in L.A. if you're into locations. A hot 6th Street bridge in L.A. Yeah, it's not there anymore. Don't look for it. My point is, Mellencamp covered an already mild song, tried to make it a little more edgy, and gave it all the wild sting of a John Cougar Mellencamp cover. <laughs> So, uh, Dave, I feel like you spent that whole time just trying to avoid having to pronounce the name Michelle and Dege Ocello. She's yep. the best part of the fucking song. 
Actually, I've listened she to She sure her. is. She can't really sing. But what I love is that she's a bass player, and he really is doing a duet with the bass as well. It's yeah, very it's prominent. a really good bass yeah. play. The bass, the bass is definitely the best part of the song. I think he improved the Van Morrison song. All right. It, it, I knew he liked this song. It's also mild. It's a good pick. Thank you. Number four. Dave, Sorry, Arsonist Reunion, you're not Dave, making the countdown no matter how long you make your bumpers. This guy's good. Dave, talk about mayonnaise for a second. Talk about what? M- mayonnaise. Mayonnaise? Yeah. Why? Because I don't like it. Something in my face? Like no, I don't like it. There you go. What? I just wanted you to mention. You always mention how you don't like mayonnaise. Talk oh about. my god, you two. I don't know what you're getting at, but I don't like it. You tried to get a, like a sound bite for me? No, you don't like mayonnaise. Whenever, whenever anybody talks about it, he always goes, he always chimes in, I don't like mayonnaise. Not a fan. See? Here's yeah. a girls with with big boobs. He doesn't like girls no, with I big like boobs, small boobs. Here's May I? <laughs> Here's a real piece of shit. <laughs> I kinda like a this. G- song. Big boob girl eating a mayonnaise sandwich. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was trying to get to. The Escape Club. The only artist ever to hit number one in the U.S. without not even charting in the U.K. It came out in 1988 when people couldn't get enough of NXS and wanted to hear a song that sounded exactly like Elvis Costello's Pump It Up okay, from this, 10 years earlier. This is a great song. Yeah, it's a good song. I this, like it. This is a great song, and it captures everything the Old West was about in the late 80s and early 90s. <laughs> Between this, Young Guns, and Back to the Future part. Three. Oh, you know what? Also, I want to be your cowboy. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Dudes. You ever seen that movie? It was like going back into the past and experiencing it in real time. <laughs> porno? Yep. What? You talking about the porno? Wait, what are you talking about? You said dudes? Yeah. The movie Dudes. Yeah. <laughs> It's a I didn't movie. mean to. I mean, I looked at the TV. I this this was like probably one of the first five or so singles I ever bought. I have it on a forty-five RPM record. I, I was right at the tail end of when records were turning into cassette singles. How old, how old were you? Fourteen, fifteen, something like that. Eighty-eight. I would have been thirteen. Okay. <laughs> so this is my point. A thirteen-year-old is like, ooh. Let me check out this wild, wild mess. Well, listen, this 40-year-old likes this song, but I understand that wild is an unusual song to put in the title of a song like this. You know, even, <laughs> it's a wild turd. Even if you haven't seen the video, this song is for the milk toast. But I grew up in the 80s, so I want to talk about the video. After beginning with a close-up of a revolver and a cartoon gunshot, like a pew! It cuts to a vapid drummer. Vapid drummer, merely keeping the time, staring into space, pulls out to show a band full of people that somehow look exactly like Kevin Cronin in his prime. Lead singer of, of course. Because everybody in the band's Uh, name is Kevin Clonin. (laughs) Good one. Quick on the draw. Wow, wow, Western comedy jokes. Then they do this super weird mirrored, mirrored hand and leg thing. It looks like a mirror effect on your computer's photo booth, where you like put your finger and it, it turns into it. It's hard to explain. It's wacky mirrors were, were yeah. big in the eighties. 
Yeah, as the video goes on, they repeat the effect over and over again until eventually it looks like the least sexy pile of hot dogs <laughs> that you've ever seen. And of course, for your podcast listeners, Dave has inserted a picture of that <laughs> the pile of hot dogs for your listening enjoyment. <laughs> Hunter said, right here in the if outline. I'm going to reference something, I need to include the photo. And now I do. <laughs> if, it's a, if you're referencing a photo, maybe. There's nothing even slightly edgy about this song. What about that fake reggae toaster bit they just did? No, what, he, he, what about he asks, the sweet guitar solo? He asks for safe sex. Well, it was 1988. It's, you know, we're in the middle of the AIDS crisis. If you were going to get wild with sex, you had to put condoms on in case just you like died. Just like the Old West. They had a lot of... Now we can raw dog pieces. to our heart's content. I don't know, man. I think this is about as wild as a fat guy's nap time. <laughs> this can get pretty wild. I mean, a fat guy napping without a CPAP mask, edge of death. Yeah. How hot kind is of it? exciting. Yeah. Wild for no one. Uh, <laughs> anybody know anything about this band? Do we already oh, talk they, about this band? They had a follow-up hit a few years later called I'll Be There. The Michael Jackson cover? The yeah. Jackson Yeah, cover? it was a song about how he was, like, dead, but loving her from afar. That's stupid. All right. <laughs> and not wild. Not wild. No, it was not wild. Oh, number three. Look, it's only a couple more records left on the album. Oh, Jesus like, Christ. What you think I should put on now? Jaden. You hear this? Really? No, nah, come on, man. People people heard that. I mean, I, I got that, some hot records. Is that Jaden? It's Jaden. He says, Jaden. What should I do next? All right, look, you, you know what? Okay, I'm, in what I'm world would this ever be considered wild? Else on. All right, all right, man. Will Smith's Bye. asking Baby Jaden what he thinks. Which record Big Papa Fresh should put on his next album? <laughs> which record should I put on my next album? <laughs> I'm a rapper. That's supposed to be the coolest guy of any time period. And Baby Jaden, which is not a portmanteau for Jake Graydon, I looked it up. Baby Jaden keeps saying Wild Wild West, and Baby Jaden, who already realizes he's rich and real discipline isn't a thing, is the reason we're listening to this song. A baby's wild song. Horseshit. Again, this is like a history lesson, and everyone knows that's important. You know what's wild? Education, kids. That's right. Get cool with books. Mm -hmm. And this is your local library. This song starts with the words, Wiki Wiki Wild Wild West. Oh, taking it back to the old school. This before, before Wikipedia, guys, that's how visionary Will Smith is. No, no, it's lame. the sound of, what's the sound of a record scratching? I guess it sounds like, this isn't rap. Oh, yeah, this is, this is, records Wiki don't Wiki say song. Wild Wild West. This is Barney level rubble try and rap. I'm really surprised that Smith doesn't say my name is Jim West, and I'm here to say, and actually, he might. Another thing, his name is West, and the movie is called Wild Wild West. I just realized that when I was typing this earlier, and the joke that I used to make when I worked on a TV show called The Fosters about parents who had the last name Fosters, it's not a clever oh, joke. Foster parents? Yeah, oh, I'm Foster. We're Foster parents. My name's the Fosters. Hey, I'm Jim West. I'm from the Wild Wild West. It's Wild Wild West. I'm just getting pissed off. This is a garbage song for a garbage movie for garbage people. I'm surprised Jimmy Buffett doesn't have a fucking cameo with a steam-powered blender. You know who doesn't have a fucking cameo? Maurice Sandak, you know why? Because this is where the wild things aren't. Okay, careful. Hey, careful, careful. This movie was a high watermark for steampunk. 
you know, may, I'm just saying, maybe you don't actually like punk. Mm-hmm. If the, you hate steampunk, maybe you don't like punk. Dang. The mis- hey, do you ever think the, about that? The mistakes that Back to the Future 3 and Young Guns, etc. made in the late 80s, Wild Wild West corrected them with historical accuracy yeah. in the early 90s. And gave Tony Zaret a bit. <laughs> Wait, Dave, I have a question about the last name thing. Is it is the reason you get so many things wrong on the podcast because your last name is Lyons? I don't understand. No, his last name would be Mistakens. Oh, yeah, it's true, because he believes what he's mm-hmm. saying most yeah. of the time. Or, or, or Gullabians. Close enoughs. <laughs> Ends. Not very close. Misremembrance. Uh, I like the way that Will Smith, he went through this stretch where he did a, a rap song for the title of every movie he was in. And wouldn't it be fun if that continued? Uh, of course. Enemy of the State. Oh, I'm with Gene Hackman. Enemy, oh. of, you, know, you know. My name's hey. Will Smith, and the movie calls Bright. <laughs> you don't want to watch it. Ogre. Isn't that a fright? It's a bit of a plight. You guys are good. You don't want to watch it. <laughs> It'll fucking ruin your night. Me and Bright, me and Bright, catching criminals, rubbing our dicks. We'll hope this movie gets Netflix clicks. Um, well, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the top good. it's the top clicked Netflix movie of all time. Of course it is. It's I'll tell you what, though. There's one coming out soon that's going to beat it. Yeah? And it's called Dolomite Is My Name. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about, uh, hey, Concussion. Is a movie about concussions. <laughs> NFL doesn't help guys with concussions. Feeling wild with concussions. You guys are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Love Muffin kind of rhymes with concussion. I feel like your raps were a little wordy, though, for Will Smith. For super well, happiness. I, you know what, Hunter? Wrong. Hunter? We're two I poor guys, like... but we're going to be fine after the end of this song. Dong. Hunter, I feel like you didn't rap at all. So, hmm. No, I don't rap. Look, it's only a couple more records left. Oh, let's stop oh, no, listening okay, to this yeah, song. Yeah, let's, let's, we, can, we can move on from here. Okay. Okay. Apparently not. No, you don't want to. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Unless you want, do you want me to do this? Yeah, I don't care. I, I like stories I just, about Kevin Smith. I hope it's about him being stupid. I remembered Kevin Smith telling a story about this movie where apparently he was like in to write a script for Superman at some point. I, I, I don't remember. It's honestly no, he was No, he was really he was going to write a was Super, Superman. Yeah, yeah Superman. Superman. Okay. There's all this hype. I read his Superman script. Oh, uh, God, that guy. I don't believe Yeah, I've read all. I've read a couple of his scripts. Oh, I've seen a couple of his movies. Oh, uh, the yeah. only movie I have ever walked out of in a theater has been Jersey Girl. Uh, anyway. Hey, so, yeah, anyway. He tells this story about how the, the, the movie exec producing Superman wanted this big climactic fight with a giant spider, and Kevin didn't want to do that because, you know, he really cares about the creative integrity of superhero Ugh. movies. So he left the project, and then a few years later, Wild Wild West came out, had the very same climactic fight with the giant spider, uh, and I guess the same movie exec was involved, so he just kept trying to push his pet project <laughs> until until somebody fell for it. Uh, I don't know. I, I may have gotten that wrong. I didn't really research it. I didn't really want to spend that much time looking up Kevin Smith's stories. But but there you go. I'm glad we can all agree that we hate Kevin Smith, and our listeners can know that. Yeah, stop. Jersey Girl is a piece of shit. No, oh, what's that one about Jiggly. religion? What's that one about religion? Dogma. Oh, God. Oh, got good reviews. Oh, Yeah, I broke up with a girl because of that movie. Oh, my God.
Number two. That was fucking sweet. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty badass. All right. We, Wild, uh, wildest thing on the, uh, on yeah, the show. Yeah, no shit. Uh, oh, all right, of course this song's on here. We spoke about this back on the Guy Rhea episode. Uh, and this is what I what Born I Born to be wild by Steppenwolf. Yeah, I mean, they fucking know, J.D. Uh, this is what I said about it then. This is the song uncreated people play when they make a video of their baby in sunglasses. It's so benign, even Grandma thinks it's charming. To me, this is the equivalent of Theo Huxtable getting his ear pierced or my lower back tattoo. Sure, it was edgy. Once upon a time, but now plenty of guys have their ear pierced oh. and a tramp stamp, and it means nothing. Define plenty. Swear. Plenty? Like everyone I know. <laughs> uh, when this song came out, it was it was badass. I mean, it was first of all, it was written by a man named Mars Bonfire. <laughs> I mean, shit. I, that was his birth name, I assume. It was not. He was Canadian, and he had a different name. But that is not important. He, he he wrote a song called "Born to Be Wild" and his name, that's all you need. I think even I think they coined the term heavy metal, or at least they introduced it to the mainstream. Some people credit this as the first heavy metal song, but I think that's a load of horseshit, considering Blue Cheer recorded "Summertime Blues" and whole year earlier. It's, it's not really heavy metal. I mean, it's got this? some nice. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant Blue Cheer. Oh, no, Blue Cheer. I thought, no, I thought we were going to step up about Blue Cheer. Oh, no, 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 no. I would never challenge you on Blue Cheer. Oh, thank you, Steve. I, I was like, this, this doesn't really sound like heavy metal because it's, it's, it's too reliant on the hard, or the pre-deep purple hard organ. Mmm. Well, but isn't it the beginning of that brand of, of heavy metal? It's not the enduring brand of heavy metal. Okay. Well, this... This came out in uh, 60, 68, I think. The movie Easy Rider catapulted the song into fame, and it made it synonymous with hard asses on motorcycles, but now it's lost all of its punch. It's the first fucking joke, and it's as dull as an easy portmanteau. It's an ease manteau. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's I hope you do well with your orangutan. That one's good. Some of them are good. That was a hard one. Dave so, thought about that all night. That was a hard, that was a hard man. Tongue. Some of them are good. Some of them are not. Your orangutan is fucking funny. All right. This this song has been it's used. Funny. Continue. Not good. It's been used ad nauseum in endless television shows and movies, including Herbie Fully Loaded. Dr. Doolittle 2, <laughs> Cats and Dogs, Return of Kitty Galore, Dudley Do-Right, and one of the worst offenders, Problem Child. Oh, boy. Not to mention, it was in an episode of Full House where I'm assuming one of the babies put on sunglasses. Absolutely. I did not research that. I don't even have to do it either. We know what happened. Cool, dude. You got it, dude. That's cool, dude. You got it, dude. Holy shit. Number one. 
You know, I gotta say, yeah, pretty good too. Arsonist Reunion sent me these bumpers in November of 2017. I don't know if he still listens to the podcast that was so long ago, but Arsonist, I don't normally talk about the bumpers. Arsonist Reunion, if you're listening, I think you would make uh, Hollywood Steve very happy if you gave us an entire set of bumpers with sweet death metal like that. Sweet guitar. That wasn't death metal. That was Maiden. Black metal. Uh, that bumper is called JD. Stop. Okay. New wave of British heavy metal bumpers. For Steve, please. Go. All right. This is it. This is Yay. This is Poochie on The Simpsons. <laughs> Finally, we got to the fireworks factory. <laughs> In 1986, Iggy Pop covered the Johnny O'Keefe jam, Real Wild One. This song was originally performed in 1957 and made popular by Jerry Lee Lewis. Imagine hearing this song in 1957 on the radio between Pat Boone's Love Letters in the Sand and Tab Hunter's Young Love. It was wild. It was fresh and it was fucking exciting. I also want to interject. It was first recorded for American audiences. Johnny O'Keefe was Australian. It was first recorded in America by Cricket's band member Jerry Allison under the alias Ivan. You're goddamn right. You know who the guitar player was on that? No. Buddy fucking Holly. Whoa! Yeah. Imagine a Cricket's band member working with Buddy Holly. How do you get that guy? I don't know. Score. Let, let us have our fun. Imagine eating the Stooges in 67 in a field house in Ann Arbor High School, smearing himself with peanut butter and singing I Want to Be Your Dog, or in 73 at the Aragon Ballroom in Chicago, where I'm about to go see Jawbreaker, when they tore into Search and Destroy. It was unreal. It was explosive. It was fucking, it was fucking wild. Do you want me to say this thing? But if you want, I'm just jumping around. Okay, I'm, well, the thing is, is that when you listen to this song, it's clearly... Iggy was like, I need some of that 80s movie money. Yeah. I need to make me the song. Well, let me, let me read my, my oh, thing, okay, and then okay. you can chime in. So now we're in 86, and Iggy Pop plays a song on Letterman, comes over to the couch, mentions his golf game. <laughs> I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying it lacks a certain passion. I'm glad Iggy, Iggy Cack, Kick Cack, Kick Cack, Kick Cack. I'm glad Iggy kicked his heroin. However, I'm not thrown into wild fury when this song appears in a Crocodile Dundee 2 movie, <laughs> Adventures in Babysitting, Clueless, and once again, Problem <laughs> Child. But this time they took it a step further and included, and get this, Problem Child 2. Yeah, both Problem Childs. This is made in both Problem Childs. Yeah, it's not exactly the soundtrack to Repo Man. I mean, this, was, this is a great song, like if your main character is going to like skip school to Go to the beach, or maybe like pet a gorilla or something. Yeah, it's pretty wacky. Yeah, some wacky's gonna happen. Yeah. Oh, it's outside of my comfort zone, but maybe this monkey at the zoo might be whacking off. This was also in, a, in an episode of uh, Miami Vice. Cha-ching. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. You know, earlier I said this is the Poochie of the Simpsons. I say that because I think Iggy knew exactly what he was doing. I mean, he's known as the godfather of punk, and he shaped a genre. Not on a larger scale, I'd say he shaped rock and roll. Yeah? Anyone? No? Sure. Yeah, all yes. right. Thanks, fellas. But he took an original, badass, wild song, and he kind of wussified it. Even the keyboard? Like, listen to the keyboard. It sounds like someone going, uh, uh, 
It's like that, um, the Amboy Duke song, Journey to the Center of Your Mind, where they, uh, the, the, the guitar is like, wah, 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 come along if you can. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does kind of do that. Yeah. <laughs> My yeah. friend Jason taught me how to play Wild One on the piano. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, wait. This rhythm section makes uh, ZZ Top's '80s material sound funky and yeah, like it, like it's like it's able to breathe. It's plasticine. It's, yeah. it's saccharin. It's this isn't the guy Synthetic. that this isn't the guy that that sang Search and Destroy, and this is. What bums me out more than anything. Okay, I, I, so I'm a little confused. So is, do you think that Iggy Pop knew what he was doing on this? I think he did, and I think he didn't care. Okay. Bum me out a little bit. See, I, I, I don't know how you're scoring these, because I would assume this wouldn't make number one if you were intentionally making satire of the wild genre. I don't think he's making satire. I think he's making money. Or trying to. Yeah. Well, he did. He yeah, did he try. did. He made big-time money. This is from Problem Child. Both Problem Childs. Yeah, he probably talking, had to turn down all the two problem child paychecks. He probably had to turn down all those Ernest movies too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm already committed to problem child. He had a lot. No, he had a lot of yelling fights with his agent. What the fuck you mean it can't be? And Ernest goes to camp. Well, it's, it's, in, it's an exclusive deal with there's, your child. there's no it's children. A, we need a, a child. It's, it's a different studio. I don't fucking care if it's a different studio. Find a goddamn loophole. I'm Iggy fucking pop. I need to fucking make my, my country club dues. I got to fucking golf, son. You get me in, Ernest goes to camp, jail, or fucking saves Christmas. You're fucking fired. You understand me? I'm Iggy fucking pop. I used to spear peanut butter on myself in Ann Arbor and sing cool songs. Now I golf. I'm a wild one! A real wild one! <laughs> and if that had happened, this song would have been better. Uh, yeah. I'm a real wild I'm a real wild Is that fan. it for this one? Yeah, that was it. That's the show. That's hey, the show, everyone. What didn't make the list? Okay, well, I was confused because I thought maybe that they were talking about, like, satire was a thing. So, oh. Wild Child by Wasp, but, like... oh. This song? No, I put that on because I wanted that to play us out. Because this is a fucking jam. <laughs> um, but if we were going to give give some credit to satire, it'd be Wild Wildlife by the Talking Heads. It's yeah. about dumb yuppies and their plastic life. Mm-hmm. But that one's pretty fucking good. Yeah. I, but you played a bunch of songs, in my opinion, that are pretty fucking good today. Yeah, but they're well, wild. The level of wild, they, they didn't. And they mostly missed the mark. Yeah, they're talking about somebody else's wildlife. Yeah, yeah. And this one, you know, Steve, I almost put uh, the what's the Judas Priest song? Uh, uh, wild, wild movie. nights, hot yeah. and crazy days. Yeah. <laughs> I almost their, put their their definitive Camaro summer. Yeah, I song. almost almost put that on there to fuck with you, but I it's not. I wouldn't do that to Judas Priest. I would also. <laughs> I would have talked enthusiastically about that song I, for at least five minutes. I thought he was going to say, I wouldn't do that to you, Steve. Instead, he said, I wouldn't do that to Judas Priest. <laughs> and I'll tell you, this is my favorite wild song of all time. I feel like I brought it up on the uh, podcast before. This is awesome. Yeah. So wild. Uh, Steve, what did it make with? The dude had a buzzsaw for a fucking cod piece, man. It shot sparks. 
It's wild. It's pretty wild. It's pretty it's wild. a lot better than forwarding mail to hell. Yeah. I'm a wild child. Come and love me. That's what wild people do. That's they what they want to be loved. That's why they're wild. Yeah. They have no other way to get attention. It's like you finally get it. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> finally, with this song. What's missing, Steve? Uh... What's missing is uh, any of the puns we all generated involving the word mild when trying to think of a, uh, an episode title. And I'd like to throw out a few <laughs> of my favorites here. Buck Mild, Call of the Mild, Mild Horses, Mild Turkeys 101, and Mild Fire, which brings me to the song. Why isn't Michael Martin Murphy on here anymore? Oh, yeah, that was on here yeah, once. Yeah, it was. That was in there. Because I was going to suggest Mildfire as the nothing episode title, but it was already in. We ever, it away. There was never anything in any world that was wild about that song. The guy was writing it from a standpoint of a horse that ran away and died. Like, where does he go? Like, I remember the one they so called it Wildfire. You're saying there was never any false advertising that went no, into that, that song. No, that was just okay. full on. That was like people that were like, you know what? John Denver's a little too... <laughs> a little too edgy. Well, sunshine makes him high? No, no, no. I don't no, think that's no. appropriate uh, for children. 27? Uh-uh. No. Uh -uh. The Michael Murphy crowd? Oof. I well, now I want to go on record as saying <laughs> that since we didn't use Wildfire, I think Mildfire would have made a great title. Wild's not in the title, though. Yeah, you have to have, my, you have Wild to have Turds. <laughs> What's wrong with Wild Turds? It's the perfect title for this no, show. No, it was. And uh, for the audience, the way we came up with this is we were all throwing titles around. JD came up with Wild Turds. <laughs> and it made me laugh, and I said, that made me laugh. Well, you, you said, then, I need one that makes me laugh. I said, Wild Turds. And it made me laugh. History is made. Yep. It was called... And like three minutes later, we were still giggling. It was wild on the 89s, and then it became... Yeah, the original title was wild on the 89s. And then it was Idlewild, and J.D. said, that's a little too heady. I'm not feeling it, yeah. <laughs> so we, Even though I thought it was great at first. Yeah, so J.D. We, thinks the listeners are dumb. <laughs> so we went with wild We went curves. with the poop joke, so... Um, so I think what did make the list was Wild World by Cat Stevens, a.k.a. Yosef. Uh, number one is from an album called T for the Tillerman. Mm -hmm. Number two, listen to it. Let's do it. It's a great album. This is how it starts. Well, wild as fuck. Here's uh. the thing: it was never wild. Hmm? I had this you on my original thought. Of this. this. What? <laughs> saying what? You heard us. You know, he's, he's. If you're gonna put wild in the title, you, you gotta no, at least not start with la 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 la. No, no, he's. This guy's kicking back in the Caribbean with some cheeseburgers. Cheeseburgers. <laughs> he's just kicking back there because he doesn't want to deal with the wild world. He's like, you know, I hope you have a lot of nice things to wear. Mm -hmm. This is a wild world. I guess for me, T for Tillerman plus tra la 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 la, it really made it seem like wild did not deserve to be. But there's, they, some, you know, there's some great, it's a, there's some it's great songs on this world. Album. It's a crazy world. Wild. Listen to the whole album, man. There's some great I songs. I have. I love this song. Great songs I, on I love Yusuf. The next episode, we're doing, it's a 10, episode 90, so we're doing Yacht Jesus. Holy shit, was Yacht Rock ever prevalent in contemporary Christian music in the late 70s and early and good. 80s? Good God, yeah. yes it, it was. It was so good except for the lyrics. <laughs> it was weird. Hey, you pray with Jesus and everything will be okay, lyrics. Um, 
But listen, if you go to yachtrock.com, there we have an article on the captain's blog about. Uh, it was by a guy named Eric Heelan, I believe is his name. Uh, but he called it Art Rock. About Christian Yacht Rock. Yeah, we got in a fight about it, which is weird for us. Mm-hmm. Um, he hates me, I'm pretty sure. Well, Hunter reminded us that without Yacht, the genre name, in the genre name, there's nothing smooth about it. No, it loses. It loses the brand, fellas. Yeah. It loses, me, loses the root. When you hear these fucking songs, this Jesus shit, this Jesus Yacht Rock, this Yacht Jesus, it is smooth. It's undeniable. Yeah. I think so it's that reference good to Smooth Jesus in the uh, in the uh, Yacht Rock episode is uh, strangely prescient. Yeah, before we even knew this stuff existed. Um, hey, find, listen, go to yachtrock.com for a very useful experience. Send questions via Twitter at Yacht Rock. Questions, comments, anything you want to say to us on Twitter. Ask Yacht or Yacht questions, hashtag Yeah, Yacht reach Yacht. out to us. Uh, we're kind of lonely and Hunter's not on Twitter. Hey, JD, do you check the email? Yes. Okay, because somebody said they they wanted to get the fuck off of Twitter because it's a cesspool, and wanted to know if, if was that you? Was that you? No, I I fully support it. It wasn't me, but they wanted no, to know if right. you would answer yacht or yachts that went to the email. Maybe, but like, you can try. I'm pretty lazy, and I just I just search hashtag yacht or yacht on Twitter and pick like five songs that I think well, that we'll, I want to do. We'll start trying. All right. Like Yacht Rock on Facebook. Follow Beyond Yacht Rock on Instagram. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Five-star review, everyone, right now. Put down your phone or pick up your phone. Five-star review for us. Put it down, pick it up, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Uh, themes by Rob Crow, Mark Rivers. Thanks to producer Matt Brousseau. Hey, join us next week. Thursdays. Every Thursday we release now. We release yeah. a, a main re- episode. A real episode. A Yacht Rock mini-sode. A real episode, a Yacht and Yacht mini-sode, ad nauseum every Thursday, Beyond Yacht Rock. What was your, your podcast. What was your taint thing? What? No. Your, your taint thing. Taint personnel. Taint. That was it. It's a good show. <laughs> <laughs>